This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries. Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and to know God. We do this through online events, courses and resources. And you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Lucy Rycroft, your host, and I'm delighted to say we're in season eight where we're talking about helping our children connect with God through the various different hobbies and interests and talents that they might have. And today we've got a very special guest for you. You may have several of his books on your bookshelves. I'm not saying anything more, but we're talking about connecting with God through writing. And I think this is going to be a really helpful conversation, whether your child absolutely loves to write and to journal and to like jot down notes to friends and all that kind of thing, or whether they struggle with writing. I think our guest today is going to have some really interesting things to say. But before I get on to that, I did promise you baby news and I'm pleased to say Anna Hawkin has not disappointed. She has given us some baby news, which is that she has had a healthy baby girl. So thank you so much for all your prayers, all your well wishes. Um, they are all doing really well as a family, really delighting in the new gift that God has given them. So please continue to pray for Anna and her family as they get used to each other. Uh, the photos and videos are gorgeous. We're absolutely loving all the baby news from Anna. Um, but we just wanted to pass that on because we know lots of you will be thinking of her. Now, if you are listening to this as a children's youth or families leader, you may be interested to know that we've got a new initiative here at Parenting for Faith, which is our team training videos. Now, we know that as a leader, you really want to equip your team of usually volunteers. You really want them to be able to do the best job that they possibly can do. But it's hard, isn't it? Getting everybody together and then preparing a training event and preparing some discussion material around that. It's, It's it can take a lot of time when we know that you're short of time as it is. So what we've done is we've prepared the material for you. And every two months this year, we are going to release a new training video, about 10 minutes in length, not a long video to watch, with some high quality Parenting for Faith content on there. We're also going to produce handouts that you can use with your team to provoke discussion based on the video. And it's all there for you on our website. And I'm here to tell you that the first video has gone on the website, very excitingly. Uh, It went up there on February the 1st. The next one will be April the 1st and every two months after that. Um, But do go and check it out. We'll put the link in the show notes. It's all about how to help our children connect with God in their Sunday groups or their midweek groups or or whatever you, you run for your children and young people. So please go and check it out. Please share it with your team. You can send it to them via WhatsApp or you can plan a, a team training evening, get people together to watch the video and then use our handout to discuss. But it's a great resource that's there for you to use to save you time, uh, some free but good quality content there. So please use it. Please please uh, tell your children's and youth leaders about it if you're not the person in charge, uh, because I think they're going to find it really super useful. Anyway, enough from me. I'm going to pass over to Anna, who recorded this wonderful interview with our guest before she went on maternity leave. I am thrilled to be joined today by Bob Hartman. Bob is going to be talking to us about how we can help our children and young people to connect with God through writing. Now, Bob needs no introduction. I'm sure all of you know who he is, Uh, but you might not know the huge extent of the different things he does. So he's been a professional storyteller for over 30 years. He's an ordained minister, written over 70 books and going up, I think is right to say, Bob, uh, for both children and adults um, and many 
many of them are retellings of Bible stories and passages. He's also, and I didn't know this, the author of the YouVersion's Bible app for kids, which has been downloaded over 100 million times. Um, and he just has a real passion for helping people of every age to find their way into the Bible and engage with it. And he's a dad and a granddad as well, just, you know, as if you didn't have enough to do. So, Bob, thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. It's brilliant to have you here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So I wanted to ask you, have you always enjoyed writing or was it something that um, didn't develop until you were an adult? No, I've always enjoyed it. Even when I was a kid, I loved to write stuff. Um, my brothers um, are both younger than me and the younger of the two came back from school uh, one day when I guess he was eight and I was about 12. And um, he found a pattern for how to make like Cookie Monster and Kermit the Frog in some ladies magazine. So uh, he sewed them all together and then he needed somebody to write the scripts. So, you know, that's what I did. And that was just kind of one example. I've always loved that, that aspect of creativity. Yep. Brilliant. And so your parents would have spotted even when you were quite young, that it was something that you really enjoyed and really cared about. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. And they were very encouraging to, to all of us really when we tried to do, you know, creative things. So that was a that was a real big help, yeah. Fantastic. And then, when did you come to faith, and how did that develop alongside your writing, or was it faith first, then writing? Which which way round did those things happen? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of all happened together because I grew up in a Christian family, so we were always, you know, uh, involved in our local church, Sunday school, and you know, the youth group. Later, as I got older, so. You know, my kind of commitment, I, you could argue that the, like the formal official thing took place at a Christian camp when I was 12 again, but um, it was a growing and developing thing along the way. Fantastic. And uh, what did your parents or carers or people around you do to encourage you in your writing? I think it was just a question of uh, encouraging uh, me to read. I mean, I think that the two things are inextricably connected. And if you're in a family where somebody reads to you, uh, and so that would have been both my mom and my grandmother, um, and then they don't mind when you slip under the covers late at night when you're supposed to be in bed with your torch, you know, and uh, and keep reading uh, well past your bedtime. When that doesn't bother them, then, you know, you're in a good place as far as developing the, the skills that can lead to writing. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think sometimes it can feel hard, can't it? At the end of a long day, parents and grandparents don't always feel like they have the energy to read another story or to to start oh. another book. But just seeing how that's part of fueling that creativity is great. And were there particular things you enjoyed reading that influenced you or kind of sparked your creativity or just, just the whole range? I was a pretty voracious reader when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I stumbled across the Chronos, Chronicles of Narnia actually probably a little late. Um, I was probably like 11, and one of my um, elementary school teachers, uh, this would have been sixth grade, I think, he um, he started reading the Chronicles of Narnia to us um, just on a Friday afternoon. I mean, you had a lot more flexibility in those days as a teacher. And it just like so inspired me. So I ran off to the library. My mom took me. I'm like, oh, mom, we've got to go get these books. You know, so off we went and it was just kind of that thing. But I mean, that was just one thing. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, Jack London, you know, White Fang. And oh, I mean, you know, just 
anything really, you know, cereal boxes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything that you could get your hands on and you could read. Yeah. 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 Love that. And I love what you said there too, about that your mom, you know, you came back excited about something and said, okay, we need to go and get these from the library. And, you know, that may not have been what she was planning to do that day or that week, but she just kind of came alongside you. We talk a lot of Parenting for Faith about surfing the waves. So about spotting, okay, my kid, my teenager is interested in this. How can I, and I have to be a pushy parent, but just how can I come alongside them and support them? And so that sounds like yeah. a really key thing for writing is just spotting what they're interested in reading and where they've got a passion for a particular author or series or, and really helping with that. Yeah, yeah, literally, it was that afternoon. I mean, you know, got back from school and said, oh, you got to find these books, you know. <laughs> and I, I probably wasn't the only kid in the school who was doing that. But anyway, off we went, and it was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you were the first ones to get there, <laughs> if they only yeah, had well, a certain number so, of copies. You know. She Very was the fast driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, and one of the other things we really love to encourage at Parenting for Faith is conversational prayer. So we call it chat and catch, just talking to God about anything, anytime, everywhere. And, you know, recognizing that it's two way um, conversation. And I just wondered how you found or how you think writing and journaling fits into that. You know, there's some kids who find it hard to well, some adults as well, actually, let's be honest, but some people find it hard to have a conversation with God just in their heads. Um, I just wonder how writing is a, is a part of that or how you see that. I think that in your head thing and on the paper thing kind of go hand in hand. I mean, I know that when I'm teaching kids to write, uh, I'll often help them to develop the story kind of in their head and and or maybe even verbally first. Because for lots of children, the transition from what's in your head to, you know, the pen to the paper or to the you know, computer is a very difficult um, mm. and almost a kind of pressurized transition. So I tell them to do what I always do, and that is to tell the story to myself first. Because if you've told the story to yourself first, then you've kind of got the confidence to, to set it down. So I suppose in my own experience, that that's the process. But I mean, I can I can understand how, you know, if you've got that thing in your head already, something you want to express, something you feel like you need to say to God or to somebody else, something you need to get out there, then sometimes that um that that need for that that thing to burst out of you and find its way, you know, onto a computer screen is something that makes it possible for you to communicate with other people and also with God. That's brilliant. You mentioned there that you've done some work helping children to write their stories down. How do you, what does that look like? Where do you start with that? And I mean, you've mentioned a little bit about, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we start with the building blocks, really. Um, so it's usually a classroom situation in, in schools. And, uh, you know, I'll tell a story maybe and we'll take it apart and I'll say, well, somebody name me the characters in the story. You know, we talk about how important that is. And somebody tell me, what's the setting? You know, where are we with time? Uh, you know, what do you see? And then, of course, we talk about the importance of the conflict, you know, because that is absolutely key. And that's what a lot of kids don't get. It's kind of like they're pretty good at like writing dialogue or maybe describing a character. But but the whole idea that you've got to have a problem and solve it by the end of the story mm. is often something they struggle with. Teachers say it all the time. So so what, once we've done that, then generally speaking, what I'll do is I will like take one or two of the characters we've created and kind of act them out in that 
scenario, in that setting, trying to solve the problem and then letting them suggest ways that we can resolve the conflict, um, I, which is sometimes incredibly ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's really ridiculous. But every now and then, like, you know, a child suggests an idea that you're like, wow, that's incredible. I would never have thought of that myself. So that when I get to the end of the session, it's really interesting because I've had no end of teachers say to me, oh, my word, you know, the, the boys in particular who had who had those ideas, they never write anything down. They're in the lowest group in the class. And I'm always like, yeah, because because they've got that blockage, you know, mm-hmm. between the head, the mouth and, and the hand. And it's just too much pressure to do it all at once. You got to do it in chunks. And once you've done it up here, you know, then you can put it down there, particularly if you have fun in the process. So that's how I do it. That's brilliant. I'm really interesting that, you know, some of our kids maybe are writers or have a real a real gift and creativity in writing, but they're not necessarily the most um, academic or the most forthcoming with those ideas or. Yeah, so that sounds really encouraging. And I know loads of what you've written has been the Bible, you know, Bible retellings, biblical stories, that kind of thing. How do you go about that process of so you're looking at a biblical story, you're wanting to make it more accessible uh, to children and young people, say. Uh, But obviously, you're also holding intention, wanting to keep it true to the original text, I guess. Um, I'd love to hear a bit about your your process and how you go about that, engaging them, but also, you know, really sticking to sticking to the original word, too. Well, coincidentally, it is exactly the same process. Right. Except you do it the other way around. So you take the text and what I tell people all the time when they want to retell Bible stories is number one, read it in the Bible. All right. You know, because lots of times we base our retellings on other people's retellings instead of going back to the source, you know, and as far as gospel, the gospels are concerned, you know, choose a gospel retell or a gospel telling in the story. Don't mash them together because, you know, obviously there were certain theological, um, theological positions and interests that those different gospel writers had. Anyway, I say start with the text and then look for the characters, the setting and the problem and effectively take it apart. You know, who is these, who are these people? You know, why are they doing what they're doing? What is the fundamental problem that they're they're dealing with? Where are they? You know, Bible, I mean, Bible settings are fabulous. Just amazing how interesting they are. And then what I try to do is come up with a way of putting it back together that is age appropriate. Okay. And, and, and in a case of something I'm creating that I want people to do out loud, that has a certain kind of uh, interactive potential. So maybe we've got a word or an action that maybe brings a character to life or some way to do that. Uh, and then just kind of glue it back together again. But, but you're right, trying very hard to be faithful to the details, you know, and also what you perceive to be the intent. So that's the package. Take it apart, you know, play with it, and then sort of put it back together again. Yeah, brilliant. It's like Lego. <laughs> Aha! That's an interesting way of thinking about it. No, that's yeah. that is really helpful. And what about? I mean, we get asked a lot. People say, "I want to. I want my kids to love the Bible, and I want them to engage with it." But there's all these different resources out there of varying quality if I'm totally honest you know some are better than others what would you be encouraging parents and carers to look for when they're looking online or they pick up a 
a Bible story book or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, what would you advise them to be looking out for? Oh, that's tricky. You know, obviously, you know, I've got a, I've got skin in that game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I could give you a list. No, um, I think at the end of the day, a, you want something that's age appropriate. Okay. Yes. Where the language is appropriate for the, the children that you're dealing with. Um, and then, I don't know. I think, I think there has to be a certain, a certain kind of something to it that makes you kind of go, wow. I don't mm. know. You know, I always tell people when they're retelling Bible stories to look for the wow in the story. And I think that's true of retellings as well. You want to look for, you know, a text that's just really interesting when you read it, when you open up the page and you go, ah, oh, somebody's really, really enjoyed doing this. And you can tell it by the way they've written it. They haven't just done it because they had a job and you had to get the words in the right order and, you know, you had to get all the facts. I think there is something to be said for finding uh, a retelling text that is is fun. And I know, I know not every Bible story is fun. I get that. But it's also the case that there has to be a kind of certain life and joy in the retelling that comes from... Um, the way that the author wrestled with the text. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's something you could pull apart and unpick with your child a bit of, you know, who's written this mm. and why have they written it? And finding out a bit about that might be a really interesting exercise too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we did a um, a family Bible version of the Lion Storyteller Bible a few years ago. Came out during COVID. So, you know, it kind of came out at a bad time. Yeah. But the idea was to take the stories from Storyteller Bible, um, which were, which was a spread each. Okay. So we wanted, you know, the Storyteller Bible to be used in a way that, you know, you could present it for a, before a crowd. And so consequently you didn't want to be turn on the pages. So anyway, we took that and we actually did extend it and then pulled out the heads or the bodies of different characters and had them simply ask both the parents and the kids you know, different questions to consider. Maybe how they felt about something, how they might be in it, feel if they were in that situation. But again, it was that, that process of deconstructing and then putting back together again, but encouraging parents and children to engage in that process together. Mm. And I think that's all just part of understanding the Bible as well. You know, the Bible is lots of different genres written at different times and different settings and, and yep. just understanding that and playing around it with it. It's really helpful. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, I have another suggestion. Uh, just, yeah, just, 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 as, just as I think it, well, <clears throat> lots of times when we go for a children's Bible, we tend to go for like the, the, the whole collection. You know what I mean? I mean, a children's Bible presumably has the big stories in the yeah. stories that you expect um, and tries to work its way through the whole story, which I, and I think there's, there's, um, there's a huge need for that. And obviously I've done several of them. Um, but the other thing that I've been doing more recently is taking individual stories and creating picture books. Okay. Yes. Now, I understand entirely why, you know, a parent might go, okay, wait a minute. So it's 15 quid for 70 stories, but you want like eight quid for one story. You know, yeah. at one level, it doesn't seem like value for money. But trust me, there is, there is an advantage to the journey that takes place in a picture book when it's not only the author who's trying to retell the story as best he or she can, but you've also got an illustrator trying to bring each aspect of that story to life. Mm -hmm. and, and, and because children love picture books, 
you know, in other areas, you know, uh, in, the, in the general market, I just think there's a lot to be said for creating picture books so that they can they can really immerse themselves in one particular story and yes. get the sense of that story because they've actually spent more time with it. Yeah, definitely. And it's less overwhelming, isn't it? You know, sometimes you look mm. at the whole Bible and you're either trying to keep to a, a plan or a rhythm of doing it, and that can feel quite pressured, or you just, you know, outright don't know where to start. So I think that's a really helpful suggestion. Um, and we talk a lot too about kind of engaging with God as you go throughout the story. So asking questions, I wonder what God was doing here. You know, this character, what were they feeling? Have you ever felt like that? And really using it to spark conversation and spark connection. And I think you're right. It's much easier to do that with one story than with with a whole lot. So that's really helpful. It is. And again, that's what the family Bible was intended to do. But a lot of the picture books I've done, I've done a series for David C. Cook called the Clever Cubs series. And that's exactly what it does. There's questions at the back for parents to consider with the child, but also the stories are based on I don't know, a little baby, a little bear and his parents. And so they're considering what the story means along the way. And he has some slightly off the wall, cheeky responses to things, but that's good because he's trying to respond and understand it like any kid would. Yeah, brilliant. So if a parent or carer is listening right now and they've got a child who's interested in writing, they're seeing some of these things, maybe they're a big reader or they like telling stories, whatever, and that might be poetry, it might be stories, it might be songwriting. Um, how can parents encourage that and help them with it, do you think, in a way that sort of deepens their faith, that isn't just about the writing, but is is about their, their faith and their connection with God as well? I think it's just a question of... Um... First of all, piggybacking on any opportunity that already presents itself to the child. So if there's something going on in school, you know, and the child comes home with the story that they've written, spending time with that story and, you know, reading it with them and encouraging them, you know, to carry on with that process is, is a really important thing to do. Beyond that, it's tricky, isn't it? Because... <laughs> You don't want to be setting the homework for your kids. Oh, we're going to do a Bible story tonight, kids. And, you know, maybe you can write a reflection on it when we're done. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably not going to get that. Um, but it could be fun and interesting, as you said earlier, to spend time with someone else's retelling of a Bible story mm. and then to simply say, well, how would you have done it? Yes. What would you have put in? Let's, let's go back and read the story in, in the Bible itself. And I'd start with short ones. You know, um, don't start with Noah. Uh, <laughs> I did an exercise with a group of year sixes once and they're teachers. And I said, I taught them about how to retell the stories. And then I said, now have your group <laughs> pick, pick a Bible story and retell it. And of course the teachers, bless them, all thought that Noah was about three paragraphs. You know, they said, we're going to do Noah. I said, all right. Then. You know, and then they started looking through it and I'm like, see, <laughs> we're going to be here for days. Yeah. Maybe you'd prefer Zacchaeus, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it yeah. really is just nine verses. So, um, so yeah, there's that. I think if, if you if you actually did a Bible story with your children, um, or if it's poetry, a song, and then say, well, how would you have how would you have expressed this? You know, you're a really good writer. You had this great paper from school. You know, what would you do, and how would you bring that to life? And of course, it's something also that could be done. You know. Um, in you know in, in in church in the youth group we had an all-age service yesterday and uh it started with an explanation of the nativity uh actually of the uh of the annunciation uh and then the journey to bethlehem 
And um, and then the pastor said, well, look, you know, why don't you all go off and try and create something that reflects this? And so people went and did it. You know, some people drew, but there were people writing stuff as well. So I think I think it's that. It needs to be gentle. It needs to be enjoyable. Um, but the best way to learn to write is to write. I mean, yeah. there's there's no two ways around it, you know. It's like anything that you do, you get better the more you do it. So any opportunity you have to encourage your child to do it, you know, grab it with both hands. Yeah, love that. And I think what you're talking about there too is kind of equipping them. We have this little sort of six-stage circle that we um, use to to coach kids at a particular value or, or skill. And it talks about, you know, creating windows and framing for them, but equipping them with what they need and giving them feedback, giving them honest feedback about what that's like and where we could go next. And, you know, that's that's what I'm hearing from you too. And I love what you're saying too about pick short stories and maybe pick unusual stories too. You know, everyone kind of knows what happens with Noah. Um, it's an amazing story, but it's also long and quite complicated. And But there are some things in the Bible that are really unusual and surprising and quite short so maybe exploring some of those thank you so much bob that's been wonderful can you tell us um all about your books and where we can find you online where we can follow you and get hold of these things you're probably not going to be able to list 70 books (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but if you can give us an overview of how people can uh, kind of connect with you and get your resources that'd be great well i mean i don't have a website i mean i'm pathetic as far as that's concerned but the individual publishers that yes. I've written for do have pages that, you know, um, that, that deal with the stuff I've done. So, you know, Lion Hudson and SBCK, well, I mean, they're one company now. And so if you go onto the SBCK website and just put my name in, you can find all the stuff I've done for them. Same with the Good Book Company. Yeah. Um, you know, as this, this, I've done several books for them now, and I'm currently writing a couple more. Um Actually, the same thing would be true. I've done some stuff for Authentic and some stuff for Scripture Union. Uh, David C. Cook, that's what little clever cub books are. And they've all got pages dedicated to those particular um, books. Um, You can obviously order them directly from them. Um, I would always encourage you to go to your local Christian bookshop if you've got one. I mean, I know that's tricky these days, but by all means, start there. You know, Um, and if you don't, then maybe somebody like Eden, you know, uh, a, a Christian online company, you know, as opposed to, you know, the big old A word. Um, so. We know, we're all thinking it and we didn't say it. Yeah, we always say, <laughs> we didn't uh, say try, try and support if you yeah. can. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Bob, this has been inspirational. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, do go and check those books out, check those resources out and get your writers writing. Uh, but That's what I've really taken away from that. Fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. Thanks, Bob. And as always, here is a question based on the episode to spark a conversation with your child this weekend. And the question is, whose writing has inspired you the most and why? Whose writing has inspired you the most and why? That's it. Take care. See you next week.